Hello and welcome back to the Life Capoeira. Very pleased to welcome our guest today, Cristiano Almeida, who practices Capoeira in Bristol in the UK. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So let's start at the beginning. Where did your Capoeira journey start? So my Capoeira journey started, well, practicing really only around seven years ago with Filius de Angola in Bristol, with Professor Oli and Contramestri Bob. And that's Mestri Laercio, is the mestri of the group. Um, but I was always interested in free movement. I've, you know, when, when I was younger, I did always did try to do, you know, just movements, you know, break dance movements or, or a bit of parkour, you know, somersaults, that sort of stuff. I don't do any of that anymore. Um, mostly because my back hurts, <laughs> but, um, at some point, I think the reason that I really connected with Capoeira is not only the movement, um, but also the music and, and there's a ritualistic component to it. There's, there's the community as well. And at the time it was quite good for me and started doing it mostly, uh, because I felt like when I did it alone, it improved a lot, my mental health, I, I work a lot. So I don't have, I didn't have moments to exercise and I used to run quite a lot and I couldn't find a moment to do that or just think about life. And that's what really brought me into Capoeira. And it became this thing that I do is it's a thing that personally for me, I do, I don't, and I feel that I don't need to be good and good or better than anyone else at doing. And I like that. I like to have one thing in my life that I could do that. And then that started growing, you know, I've, I've trained in different places and met people and connected with people with mestres and, and mestres and professors. And, and from there, uh, yeah, it just became a core part of my life, which I never, I never expected. Uh, so, it always yeah. great, doesn't it? For sure. For sure. It's really good. It's really good. You talked about your travels and meeting many mestres and, and professors who amongst that group and, and where have had the sort of the biggest influences in this sort of Capoeira game? Oh, I, I have to say, I have to say the people who teach me the most are, are the ones who end up influencing my game the most. Um, so I would say Ollie, Ollie here in Bristol a lot. I would say if, if you compare our movements, you know, you see some of his mannerisms in my game, probably. Professora Mena, which I'm not sure which group she belongs to, but she she gives classes and I go to her classes a lot. She has quite a lot of upper body strength and that was good for me as well because that was not something that I was practicing a lot and you know I take some inspiration from her as well. And you practice Capoeira Angola. Have you had much to do with Hejanal or have you been sort of strictly Angola along your Capoeira journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, without a doubt, I enjoy playing Capoeira Angola a lot more. Um, and that's what I choose to train. If if I go to train on my own, that's what I train. Um, but I have trained Regional a little bit and I'm connected with a few people, especially in Portugal, Professor Didi and uh, the crew from Muzens, I don't know if you know that group, but 
yeah they they receive me when i go there sometimes i go to a class and you know it's it's a whole other level and as you know it's a different language a little bit but it's like uh, it doesn't matter and we you know i i learn a lot from that as well for sure but most mostly angola i would say and what is it especially about the angola that you prefer to the hedge now um well one one thing that i like is um the energy of the hoda in general the games tend to capture more of a a moment so there's a moment for the game to grow a little bit and there tends to be not always but there tends to be different levels to the game you know there's sort of a greeting and see where people are and what kind of game is it going to be and then you know maybe 7 10 minutes late or whatever you know, it's kind of a longer game and it can tell a bit of more of a story. And I think I think what's interesting about Hegional for me is it's a lot more, you need a, sometimes a lot more uh, quick thinking and the games tend to be quite short from my experience. And I enjoy having that connection with people, you know, play, play a little bit and and the movements as well. I feel like we spend a lot more time on the floor, if that makes sense. And it's just a personal preference. I just like that sort of like movement and, you know, being quite able to move around and yeah, more an intricate uh, sort of game. Jogo de dentro, no eh? If, I don't know if you heard that term, but I like that quite a lot. I'd say when it comes to Hedgenal and Angola, it is, is a personal preference. It's just interesting to hear people's different takes because at the end For of the sure. day, it's all aware and especially my background is more Hegenal, so I always like to hear those different perspectives from, you know, wise range of people because deep respect for Capra Angola, even if I'm more contemporary myself. You said it was the music that helped draw you into Capoeira and when your contribution to the Capoeira community is your Bariba project. Would you like to talk about that a little, what got you started with that and, and, and what the Bariba project is? Yes, thank you. So, so Biriba is is a an archive of capoeira lyrics. That's essentially what it is. So there are many lyric websites out there. Um, the reason I decided to make my own is because, well, the first goal was to help me have a a small book of songs. Everyone has their own, you know, either if it's your notebook or or whatnot. But then I've started noticing a few things when, when I went to classes in different groups that, you know, they write the songs down and, and people go away. And sometimes that gets a little bit forgotten. And I thought, what if we could just, you know, I could just send it to you uh, and you could see it in your own time. And if you forget, you know, it's still there, you know, you don't, you don't lose it. Um, so then I started working on that and, and so there's there's a there's another component to Biriba as well, which is it has a translation in English of the song. You pick the English English version of the app. Um and yeah, and found that that was another aspect. So in class, especially non-Portuguese speakers, you know, to learn the language, sometimes it's nice to have a, a version in their language. At the moment I just have English, but hopefully, you know, has a if I get more people to collaborate with in other languages, maybe we can extend that to to other languages as well. But that's that's where it came from primarily. This idea of 
sharing songs, creating an open archive, students can access it. Maybe teachers can check a few songs before class. They don't know what they're gonna do. They pick a few, they bring it to class, that sort of thing. Yeah, it looks fantastic and I'll be linking to it in the episode description. What goals have you got for the project or is it very much now that it's out there that you're going to sort of take a more organic approach and just see where it leads? Uh, oh, uh, that's a good question. I So when I do, I've done other projects. I always see these sorts of projects with Biriba especially. I want to make sure it's useful. And if it's not useful or if I feel like the community doesn't need it, I'll remove it. But if I find that, if I find out that it's useful, then I'll just keep working on it. That's essentially the idea. But how do I find out if something is useful? So I just decided that I'm giving it some time because, you know, I've worked on it on my free time. And I thought I'm just going to focus on growing the archive and just add as many songs as I can in there. I've added loads myself, but there's someone who came along to help as well, Krish. She she's added to know almost 80 songs to the archive in the past month, and I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, you know, just in, increasing the archive because just to see if if that makes it more useful, if the quantity of songs makes it more useful. Uh, but I guess one important uh, detail about the project is that. I don't want to just kind of transpose the lyrics to it. We do have a process of doing that. We we listen to the CD and sometimes when things are intelligible, which happens, you know, not not all recordings are clear. I do I do get in touch, you know, I do get in touch online with with mestres or or the student of someone who might know who might know and uh, we just try to find out so to make sure that you know whatever we put in there it's as accurate as it can be sometimes there's diverging opinions i've i've asked sometimes one thing you know when masters say oh you know that 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 master might disagree so i go and ask and and you know i try to put that in the description section when possible uh, yeah so i think i think that's that's the idea plan to add more features in the future. For example, I, I think something that's lacking, but you know, these things, I've coded all of this myself. So this takes time to, to add. And I've decided not to add any more this year, but next year I, I'm planning to add maybe an author's feature so that information doesn't leave in the description sort of block sort of thing. Uh, and so that you know, that data relationship can be made a bit more with, and, and on top of that, we can build more features. Um, once we have that, that relationship between the mestres and people who interpret music, who compose music and whatnot. Um, I believe another goal that you have for the Bariba project is that you, you want it to be open for, for Caparistas. Would you like to expand on that a bit, please? Yes. So the idea is because it's a community project and there the idea is that there would be multiple people adding to the archive um, that the date is not locked in the platform so the idea is that biriba could stop existing for any reason but you could export that data and may maybe 
do whatever you want with it. Maybe make print a songs book, a book of songs, or to take to class, or maybe you want to make another BD, but that's even better. So you know, I would like that's something that's in my plans to to do that to build a feature where you can export the data and and then do what you want with it, essentially. I think it's really wonderful how you're doing that and how it's it's open for everyone and it's free and it's just a a genuine sort of community project by Capristas for Capristas. So, so thank you very much for that. It sounds exciting and uh, it'd be nice to see it grow. I'd be very welcome back in in a year if, if or more when. Oh, thank you. And if other features come on, if you wanted to to expand on what's been been happening. So, how did the pandemic affect your sort of capoeira were you able to maintain your training did you get involved with things like sort of zoom lessons or was it more just sort of training by yourself until classes could start again yeah personally trained quite a lot during covid i i trained by myself i've trained by myself um, and i remember at the time the capoeiras joining Instagram, for example, increased quite a lot. So I started making lots of connections, and even if I didn't know them, sometimes they were sharing videos of sequences or or things to do. Sometimes I I used to take ideas out of that. Um, yeah, I do think in a way, if anything, COVID was beneficial for me because I started connecting with people even from Brazil. You know. Um, and starting having conversations about capoeira. Maybe that's why I think Biriba can actually happen because if I didn't have those conversations with people who actually know, you know, or have access to people, older capoeira people, uh, yeah, it, it would be very difficult to fact check some of this stuff uh, to put on the website. But yeah, I did continue training. How about you? Well, unfortunately for me, uh, about a month into lockdown, I'm a science teacher by day and being on my feet all the time. It is fine, but my body didn't take well to not moving. And I ended up with an inflamed bunch of connective tissue in my right hip. And then with lockdown and so on, I wasn't able to get adequate physiotherapy for that. And so the problem kind of escalated, in fact, for three years. So I've only recently just got myself back into sort of physical training. There were a few sort of stops and starts along the way, but I'm now consistently being able to practice again. But, oh, amazing. Um, it's amazing what I've lost in those three years in terms of sort of flexibility and speed and things, which is not surprising, but it's, it's, you know, it helps to have goals. And, and actually what I've found very helpful is, is an app called Capoeira Daily, because my worry is if I just stuck to training myself, I would risk overextending or, or injuring myself with the yes. Or a daily is it's just it's a free app and it's got the three exercises on there and if i just religiously stick to exactly what that app is saying and don't add any flourishes or embellishments then hopefully i can get back into training without injuring myself which i'm, I'm very conscious of especially sort of 41 now so um so i'm taking it slow and i'd much rather have a slower journey back in than have another you know three years Absolutely. without um, and in fact, it was, it was the issue with the hip and lockdown that sort of prompted me to start this podcast was was then sort of thinking, well, I'm especially my daughters as well. It's it's hard to go out to events these days. And so actually it's about sort of bringing Capristas to me and, and, and linking back to your experiences with, with just the online 
Kapara community. I think the the pandemic, whilst I'd rather it hadn't happened, I think the, the, there are positives that have come out from it. And I think the the online connections, I think certainly, at least from my perspective, have have been one of those things that sort of starting to do more online content lessons across things like Zoom and so on. And in fact, for my 40th birthday, I sort of organised a, a capoeira to get, get together. My hip was still an issue, so I didn't really do much training there, but it was nice to have an event. And we got my Mestre, Mestre High in Belarusanch. We streamed a lesson from him, projected it onto the wall. And then what was really nice at the end is he got his students in a semicircle around the webcam. We got ours in a semicircle. And we actually had a sort of an intercontinental Hodder. Oh, that's so cool. Where we were sort of both playing, both in Bella Resonch and, and, and also in Chichester, UK, which was lovely. So, um, so yeah, I think that those those connections that, that we're all making is, is, is a positive that at least we can take from the otherwise horrific ordeal of a global pandemic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so some of these people I even got to meet in person eventually because we go to the same event or something, but, you know, otherwise maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not. I think it made it more likely that we, we met because sometimes there's a lot of people in events. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you're recovering though. And, and, and back to training. How have you found returning to events since the pandemic? You've done a lot of traveling, obviously you said before, have you been able to get out and about again since, or have you largely been staying in Bristol? Um, Recently, recently I've trained um, the only other capoeira group I've trained with. I was going to train with an, another group that I've never trained before in Portugal, actually. Last time I was about, it wasn't able to because I just had too much work to do. But I, I did have a chance to train with uh, a capoeira group in Bangkok, uh, which is, uh, now I don't remember the name of the teacher, but he's he's american but i think his family are, is originally from vietnam and he started teaching in bangkok and they are really good capoeira angola their musicality really good yeah really good energy yeah it was great it was great to meet them and it's great to see that you fly halfway around the world and there's still a house of angola and you know they 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 do they do they seem to study it pretty well. They they know about Pastinha and you know, yeah, very respectful and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. That yeah, that was the last that was the last group that's not the group that I typically train with that I've visited. Lovely. I think it's well, this podcast has had over forty different countries that have listened to it. And I think obviously there's a big global spread and it is nice that actually I think probably most countries have some capoeira representation somewhere um which is great for the art obviously and it's good to hear that they're still sort of sticking with the roots back to to brazil the last question i like to ask my guests is what is capoeira for me personally or just in general uh, what, uh, what? i'd like to answer it i mean for you personally and or in general. well for me capoeira is a combination of a martial art, a dance, a ritual, if you will, that originated in Brazil a few, quite a few centuries ago. 
I would say that's and and has a you know heavy movement component and has a heavy musical component. So in my opinion, it's very difficult to be a complete capoeirista. It might take you a very long time because there's so many instruments to learn. There's music to learn. There's the meaning of the songs to learn. You know all of that dynamic. So you have to be a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, have have your manjinga, whatever you can do, the movement bit, and also the the music part of it. So you become a little bit of a musician as well, which I think not many, not many sports, if you will, or you know. Uh, movements like that have both of these things combined and uh, yeah i think that's wonderful and capoeira is, is is really community and and sharing i feel like you know that's that's what i felt at least people have been so friendly towards me and and gave me so much i can only be so grateful really if i'm completely honest <laughs> well thank you very much for uh, giving up your time to come on the podcast are there any closing thoughts or, or comments you'd like to leave the listeners with um just uh, i guess visit capoeira visit my capoeira site if you can it's biriba.io i would i'm very open to feedback this is a project for the capoeiras out there so yeah anything anything that can better the project also if you speak portuguese uh, and if you'd like to add songs to it, I can give you access to that. I'm always looking for more people to to help. Would like this to be a community effort, if possible. Uh, and just want to say thank you, David. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. As I said, all those things will be linked below. And also for all these community projects, it's it's going to be dependent on all of us to sort of make it work. But it's a really useful resource. And and thank you very much. Cristiano for, for putting that together for us. So uh, thank you as well. If you'd like to get in touch, obviously with Cristiano, the details are below. And if you want to get in touch with the Life Capoeira, you can email the lifecapoeira at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram as well. And very keen to hear from Capoeiristas the world over, whatever level you are, if you want to, to nominate yourself or your teachers, then please do. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Ciao.